0: Hello and welcome in to another episode of the fantasy football pod coming at you with part two of our wide receiver draft strategy had a little bit of uh, connectivity issues at the end of part one so we'll be kind of wrapping up uh, the the stuff that we did not get to at the end of part one which wasn't much it was basically uh, basically wrapped up there and then we'll start with tier four which is round four wide receivers starting with wide receiver 21 that's DeAndre Hopkins but quick point on uh, we'll just kind of Let's give a synopsis on our thoughts on round three real quick. I think we basically like all those guys, that being uh, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Devo Samuel, Keenan Allen, Jerry Judy, Mari Cooper, all those guys we like in the third round as either your uh, wide receiver one, if you went heavy on the other positions, or wide receiver two in that round. I think we're really targeting wide receivers in round three overall, other than Metcalf for me, and then other than... uh, Metcalf, Debo, and Jerry Judy for coding.
1: You nailed it, absolutely um, So yeah, I think we're, we're close to our 12 o'clock timeline Let's see if we can run out these last couple of uh, Rounds of wide receivers here uh, Starting with tier 4 Let's Go ahead and it. take it away
0: Yeah, a bit of a mini tier here. It's only four guys, but again, this is just the way the ADP broke here. They uh, kind of live on their own bubble here in round four, that being DeAndre Hopkins at 21 of the Tennessee Titans, DJ Moore at 22 of the Chicago Bears, Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons at 23, and then Christian Watson of the Green Bay Packers at 24. Uh, All these guys are pretty polarizing. I think you you can find people that have pretty – Different opinions on a lot of these guys, but Cody, uh, go ahead and give me uh, a couple guys you're targeting here, or you know if you are avoiding them, give me a reason why. Um, if I
1: was avoiding them, it's because I do like the round four running backs currently, just a little bit more. Uh, that's where Joe Mixon's currently at. It's where ETN currently is, and Aaron Jones. Um, but out of this tier, I mean, I, I don't mind DJ Moore. I know I haven't been the highest on him, but. I do think he is an ultra explosive player. If he's your wide receiver two or your wide receiver three in a zero RB or hero RB strategy, I don't hate that. Like that's a lot of value there. Um, I'm high on Chris Watts, Christian Watson. I actually said in on one of the mock draft videos, I think next year he's a guy who's going to be considered as uh, a top. If he's a 24 right now, I'd push him up into top 16 to. 14. If Jordan Love is just average, I think he is a very high-talented player. Um, D. Hop, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I think he can be good still. It's just, it's not going to be based on talent. It's going to be based on volume, and that's fine for fantasy football. And if you want to take that shot, you can. He's just getting a little bit older. The Tennessee offense is going to run through Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill isn't the most accurate quarterback, and as much as I love Traylon Burks and Chris Conquo, I think that D-Hop's going to be the easy number one option for, you know, defenses to focus on in the passing game. So in obvious passing situations, third and long or whatnot, I feel like D-Hop's going to see a lot of double coverage and such. So I'm not too high on him. And then Drake London, I think you actually made this point when we were going over Kyle Pitts in our tight end disagreement show. If you're drafting Drake London here, you should just wait and draft Kyle Pitts where he's going as your tight end. Uh, Very similar players, and in the same exact offense, you're just getting a couple rounds worth of value. So I will not draft Drake London in just about any league if he's getting taken at this ADP.
0: Yeah, you stole my point uh, right out of my mouth that I was going (laughs) to make about Drake London. Uh, Yeah, you did. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. But that's exactly what I was going to say about Drake London. uh, Basically, I'm targeting Kyle Pitts later on if I haven't gone tight end uh, to that point. Rather than taking Drake London again, if you're if you're dead set on getting a piece of this Atlanta passing game, I would rather wait and take the value on Pitts uh, because he gets to be played at tight end. Uh, So yeah, I don't love London in round four. Uh, You know, I think maybe late round five, round six, his just talent and value becomes a little more interesting. But that's a pretty far drop in ADP. Hopkins, I agree. I think we remember the AJ Brown days and say, you know, hey, if there's a true alpha wide receiver in Tennessee, he can be successful. But what people may not remember is that. Uh, Brown was very, very hyper-efficient on the targets that he got, and I don't know if a 31-year-old DeAndre Hopkins is going to be as explosive down the field as that version of A.J. Brown was, so he's been more of a, like you said, a volume play these past couple years. Is he really going to push much past 120, 125 targets in this offense that's going to lean on Derrick Henry? I'm not sure. I don't want to bet on it and not in round four. Uh DJ Moore's really the only guy I like at value here. I'm not as high on Christian Watson as you. Has a lot to do with Jordan Love and the Green Bay offense. Uh, but I think Moore is the one wide receiver I'm really comfortable with in round four. But I am, yeah, maybe pivoting towards a running back or targeting one of my quarterbacks in round four for the most part. I really like uh fields here, I like Herbert here. I like Jackson here. If he's uh you know a little later, I'm I'm lower on Jackson, but I still see the upside. And uh, you know, Burrow falls into round four. I'm fine with him too. So I think I'm either targeting quarterback out of one of those four tier two guys, DJ Moore, or one of the running backs we discussed in the previous episode. Yeah, that's
1: a fair point and a very important point because that's basically right where that line of quarterbacks is going is somewhere between four and five. So um yeah if you're yeah if you're sitting right there range, you know yep. we're at the 45th through 46th day. that's why this
0: tier is so small no, sorry, sorry to cut you uh,
1: if you're at 45 or 46 yeah and there's a Lamar Jackson there's a Justin Herbert a Justin Fields available you have to consider them even if you're someone who is completely against drafting quarterback that early those guys have league winning potential from the quarterback position um so yeah I, that's actually a really good point I guess that kind of makes me a little bit more iffy on Christian Watson because I'd take every single quarterback over him um, at at that point. So, yeah, if every quarterback's gone, I'd probably lean – honestly, DJ Moore and Christian Watson. I wouldn't doubt it if they have very similar seasons, very up and down. Just depends on how the offense is going on a week-to-week basis. Um, I think I'm just going to live or die by Christian Watson just because I became such a big fan of him last year and and got lucky with – the a week early call on them and picked them up in a bunch of leagues. But that's just being biased that there's no statistical evidence behind that. I think they're very close to the same player on both iffy passing offenses. So either one's fine with me if one of them falls. And then, but like you said, quarterbacks should be a big target in round four.
0: Yeah, totally agree. I think this is the one round we're going to talk about that I am probably least likely to take a wide receiver at current ADP. Obviously, uh, again, your home league's be slightly different. Maybe one of these round three guys falls into round four because there's quite a few of them. So if that's the case, jump all over it. But uh, otherwise, you know, I'm looking at more. And then the other guys I am not so not so keen on in round four, looking for my QB and looking for maybe a running back value at that point. Uh, Let's go ahead and jump to Tier 5. That is going to be Rounds 5 and 6. We have a a bit of a break in the wide receiver ADP here, so it kind of spreads out a little bit, so it's going to be both Rounds 5 and 6. That is going to be Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 25, Christian Kirk at wide receiver 26, Chris Godwin at 27, uh, Mike Williams at 28, Brandon Ayuk at 29, Deontay Johnson at 30, Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 31, the perennially underrated Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think this is where my shift towards running backs really starts here, Cody. I I don't have a ton of conviction about a lot of these guys. I think they're – being drafted about where they should be, maybe a little bit too high. So I, I don't think there's any one of these guys that jumps out to me as a potential league winner. Uh, how do you I, I 100% agree with you there. I, I'm not a big
1: fan of this tier of wide receiver. Honestly, the only two names I look at and I'm like, I want to get that guy at ADP is Deontay Johnson and Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, I, you brought up a good point about Christian Kirk on our episode from Wednesday going over news and notes is where he may just may not be that involved. Uh, Terry McLaurin you were negative about in our wide receiver disagreements I'm not going to go too far into him but it's just probably not going to be a very fruitful passing offense in uh, Washington same thing in in Tampa Bay I mean I guess I would take Chris Godwin if he fell to where Deontay Johnson and Tyler Lockett are going I don't think he will Um, he's just a very risky pick just for I mean he is Right now going above or right out where Kenneth Walker, Javante Williams, and Miles Sanders are going. I would take two of those guys easily over Chris Godwin, even though I think if, you know, last year I would never have said that with Tom Brady being there. But just Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask gives me no hope. And then Mike Williams, Brandon Ayuk, I I can't get behind the Brandon Ayuk breakout year. I know that a lot of fantasy people on social media are all over that I see people just talking about how they just they cannot stop drafting him. I don't get it. I mean, he's clearly the third or fourth option on that offense in an offense that doesn't really pass the ball down the field that much. I mean, they they drafted Trey Lance to try and help them push the ball down the field, and it's been an absolute disaster. Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy are running the yeah. Kyle Shanahan offense. A lot of Debo, a lot of CMC, a little bit of Kittle mixed in, and then a, maybe a couple deep shots to Ayuk. Maybe once a game, maybe twice a game. If he's lucky, he's just a guy. He's he's basically on the AJ Brown track. He just doesn't do what AJ Brown does with the ball. He doesn't get very many opportunities, and I just I I don't I don't love drafting Brandon Ayuk at all. I think he's it's wild he's going in this tier when you look at the running backs and tight ends that you could draft in this round. Um, I kind of rambled there. So like I said, Deontay, Tyler Lockett are the only two I feel real good about. What about you?
0: Yeah, uh, Deontay's the guy I really wanted to highlight here uh, because I think he's a bit of a post-hype guy because he burned a lot of people last year. Uh, Famously did not score a touchdown on 147 targets, shattering the NFL record. I don't think that's likely to continue. I think a little bit of positive regression in that department and just from the Steelers passing game as a whole could do him very well. So in half and full PPR leagues... I'm all about Deontay Johnson. In non-PPR, I'm probably off of him and more on Tyler Lockett, like you said, in Good this point. range if I'm taking a wide receiver. Uh, so, yeah, make sure that you know you obviously know your league format. Deontay gains a ton of value in anything uh, PPR-related. But, yeah, the rest of the guys I'm not in love with. Christian Kirk I'm okay with if he falls to round six. Don't love that he's, fall- he's jumped all the way up to round five in this ADP. Uh, Godwin, I do not like drafting wide receivers on – uh, what we project to be bad offenses, it's much tougher for wide receivers to have uh, productive fantasy years on bad offenses than it is for running backs to have productive fantasy years on bad offenses. Just keep that in mind. Uh, so you have to kind of be bullish on Tampa Bay as a whole. If you want to draft Chris Godwin and uh, expect him to beat his ADP, Mike Williams, I don't mind. We just kind of know what he is at this point. Uh, you know, he's going to be boom or bust. He's probably in about the right range these days. Uh, you know, was being drafted in more around three, four last year. He's kicked back to round five, six. He'll have some value if you want to go boom bust. Uh, you know, at your flex spot, I don't mind it, but uh, he's just not my favorite player to draft uh, in this range. I'll probably have a few shares of him, but not a ton. And then I echo Ayuk. Uh I think he, I actually like him a little more as a player than you do. But yeah, that, that's just such a crowded crowded field uh, of players in San Francisco. You're going to have to wait for one of them to get banged up. And if they don't, it's going to be, you know, one or two guys every week and the other two guys are probably going to miss out. So drafting somebody like that in round five or six is just a little too rich for me. Lean in running backs in this range or QB if one of the tier two guys falls and you haven't taken one yet. And then uh, Johnson and Lockett in round six, I am targeting. Yep. I I think – in half and full PPR, yep. especially. I think
1: we tend to agree. I I don't really I don't want to echo everything you just said, so I I agree with what you said. I think we're cool to move on to tier six, uh, which is round seven of wide receivers.
0: It is full of wide receivers in round seven. Uh, this is where we get into kind of the exciting younger guys that don't have defined roles necessarily, but have some higher upside. I like this tier a little bit more than the previous one, especially from a value standpoint. So uh, starting with Michael Pittman at wide receiver 32, Mike Evans at 33, George Pickens at 34, Marquise Brown at 35, Jackson, Smith, and Jigba of the Seattle Seahawks at 36, Gabe Davis at 37 of the Buffalo Bills, Jordan Addison of the Vikings at 38, and Jahan Dotson of the Commanders at 39. A lot of upside plays here in this tier. A lot of young first or second year guys or big play guys in the case of Pickens and uh, Davis. Uh, Cody, how do you feel? How do you see this tier? Do you like it? Are you targeting any of these guys in? Yeah, two? I just want to throw out there our
1: tier around our seven running backs were basically DeAndre Swift, James Connor, and David Montgomery. So it makes sense that there's a lot of wide receivers available yeah. in this tier. Um, if I'm grouping that the wide yeah. receiver and running backs as a as a whole, I want Marquise Brown or James Connor. I, I in any kind of half or full PPR, I think Hollywood Brown's a league winner where he's getting drafted right now. Even if Kyler doesn't come back, I think he's good enough to be – I mean, round seven, you're probably drafting him as either a flex or your wide receiver three, depending on league format. And like I said, that's specific half and non-PPR, where I just think he's going to be able to survive off of targets. Um, In non-PPR, I would not be on Hollywood Brown. Just I don't think they're going to be an explosive offense, and Colt McCoy is not going to be pushing the ball down the field. Um, Other wide receivers I like – I don't necessarily love Michael Pittman, but I love that he's falling to the seventh round. Um, I don't mind drafting him here, especially if you liked what you saw from Anthony Richardson. Mike Evans, I'm probably off unless I unless it's just a specific roster build and he's just like a flex piece for me or something. But even at that case, I would take one of these young guys before I took Mike Evans most likely anyway. Um Jahan Dotson is one of my favorites. We've highlighted him a little bit. And then Gabe Davis is actually one of my favorites as well. One of the breakout candidates from last year. Um, and on Sleeper, I know he's been going actually a little bit later than round seven, but I have no problem taking him here. Um, if Just for all the reasons that he was a breakout candidate last year, except for now you're getting him in round seven instead of round four. Um, you know, he's still the number two. He's a boomer bust, but if he's my flex boomer bust, I love that. I don't like my wide receiver two to be extremely boomer bust. So, um, JSN, I'm a little, not skeptical of the talents through the roof. It's just a little, how's that offense going to look with the third wide receiver worked in, or is it really just going to be DK and Tyler and JSN is just kind of worked in as a rookie and he doesn't have a defined role. Um, and then I'll just, I'll go ahead and just point out the last guy. Since I think I've hit on almost everyone. Jordan Addison. I'm a little bit scared about. I, I just, I know that everyone just assumes he's immediately filling that wide receiver two role in Minnesota. And I understand why. Um, I just think KJ Osborne might be a little bit better than some people are giving him credit for. I think Jordan Addison's obviously the much better play long-term, but to start the season, it would not surprise me at all if KJ Osborne's lining up as the two wide receiver and Jordan Addison's kind of getting worked in as a rookie, um, you know, similar to JSN. So for that reason, I'm probably a little bit scared of drafting Addison, but there's a chance that he's going to have just one amazing week with the Vikings and he's going to be the hottest waiver wire ad of the week. So he's a little bit of an iffy guy. Um, Nick, what are your thoughts on this tier of running or wide receivers?
0: Specifically on Addison, just to continue that conversation, I think uh, you make a good point there. Osborne's probably going to be more involved than people would want him to be, uh, you know, in the fantasy community, especially. But I think with him and JSN, you're just hoping the talent plays out, especially, uh, you know, as we move through the season. So you might have to deal with a few rough weeks through, uh, you know, uh, the first quarter, first half of the season with those two. But I think as the year moves on, as most rookie wide receivers do, they will get better and will be more productive down the stretch than they. Are to start the year, Uh, so yeah, you might just have to you know take some worse with those guys on the bench for a little bit uh, before you're able to really utilize them. I don't mind them though because I love the upside play of any rookie wide receiver, especially first round picks, because those guys just have a tendency to outperform their ADP consistently. Uh, Beyond those two who I'm okay with in this range, Gabe Davis, I like a lot. He's actually one of the reasons I'm not on Mike Williams. I kind of view Gabe Davis as a discount Mike Williams. He's on a really good offense. He plays the number two wide receiver role. He's the big play guy. I think they both have a lot of similarities and you can get him a round or two later. Uh, So I don't mind Gabe Davis in this range. Jahan Dotson's probably my favorite value, but you can most likely wait for him until rounds eight or nine. As we've said before, the running backs are going to get push, pushed up in most home leagues, and uh, you know most leagues that aren't really heavily emphasizing the wide receiver position, anything half or, non- or non-PPR, you're going to be able to get uh, a Dotson a little later than this anyway, so you can wait uh, a bit, but I like his value a lot, he's going 84th overall on NFC ADP right now. The other guys I'm not too bullish on, Pittman has kind of the same problem that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin do. If that passing offense is bottom five in the league, it is very, very hard for wide receivers to produce consistently in those type of offenses. Pickens, I don't love the player. Uh, he's a bit of a one-trick pony. I think he has really high upside if he you know, is able to widen his route tree a bit. But for, for now, he's basically just a, you know, he runs a go route and he gets a couple shots a game, but doesn't have a ton of versatility beyond that. Marquise Brown, sort of the one pivot point guy where you got to make your call here. I like him. I think his upside is worth the the risk here in round seven. But if Kyler Murray doesn't come back till week eight, it's probably going to be a you know a rough ride with him until then. So you're just kind of hoping he comes back sooner than uh, some people expect. But uh, I like the later guys in this tier a little better in general, I think. Uh, do you have anything else to add on uh, anyone in round um, seven?
1: No, I think George Pickens is, is a good point just to bring up there because he's another guy. I think he scored a not a, an amazing touchdown, but he scored a pretty good touchdown uh, in their preseason game.
0: His highlight yeah, reel is and fantastic.
1: Let other people eat that up all day in drafts. Do not fall into the hype. I my thing with George Pickens is every time I see a George Pickens highlight he he makes sometimes an easy catch look extremely difficult and he pulls it off um, which is fantastic for him but like the one I think earlier from training camp like the ball hit him in his chest and bounced out and he had to dive and catch it and it's like I know we're all happy you caught it, man, but like it's yeah. easier if you just catch it with your two hands in the first place. Could've like I, I don't it. really <laughs> get that. So, um, yeah, I'd let, yeah. let guys like George Pickens, let other people take him. I mean, even if he does have a quote unquote breakout season, it's most likely just going to be doing to an outlier touchdown season. And if someone hits on that, yeah. that's, that's fantasy exactly. luck. But if you're playing the numbers and you're playing, you know, like a true fantasy player, you're not going to take your shot on very many of those guys.
0: Yeah. Those type of guys are hard to project week to week as well. So they're harder to set and forget. Uh, you may have to, you know, you might miss a couple of his big games and then, uh, he finishes higher on the wide receiver board at the end of the year, but week to week, he may not help you so much because he has a lot of duds mixed in between same, same idea as Gabe Davis. I think you just gave Davis a bit, a bit more of a known quantity and the Buffalo passing game, uh, is much more of a known quantity. Uh, so you're not taking the risk that Pittsburgh, you know, does not really progress as a, as an offense. Um, I think in this tier, basically, we're looking at. Uh, I'm okay with taking the shots on the rookie wide receivers. Cody's a little more hesitant. I like Gabe Davis. I like Jahan Dotson. I kind like Marquise Brown. Uh, I'm going to let somebody else, most likely, draft Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, and George Pickens. Uh, do you have a quick synopsis? I think you on just crushed tier? it right there. I, I think you nailed basically what I think
1: as well. Let's okay. jump into tier seven.
0: All righty, tier seven. This is rounds eight and nine, guys. Uh, so right off the top here, Traylon Burks at forty. He's probably going to fall a little bit after this uh, injury news. Seems like he's avoided major injury, but week one status in doubt. I imagine he will be towards the end of this tier or maybe even into tier eight that we will talk about in a bit. But for now, he's at wide receiver 40. Eli Moore of the Cleveland Browns at 41. Cortland Sutton of my Denver Broncos at 42. Brandon Cooks of the Dallas Cowboys at 43. Kadarius Noni at 44. Quinton Johnston of the LA Chargers at 45. Sky Moore of the Kansas City Chiefs at 46. Michael Thomas, all the way down at wide receiver 47 of the New Orleans Saints. And then Zay Blowers, the rookie wide receiver for the Ravens, at 48. How do we feel about this tier, Cody? I feel... It's a lot of similarities to, to the previous tier as far as uh, just kind of how this is structured.
1: Um, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, there's certain guys in this tier that I'm, I'm taking the shot on and certain guys I'm probably avoiding like the plague. Elijah Moore, I'll take the shot on Elijah Moore here in round eight or nine. He's gotten a lot of hype out of camp. It seems like him and Deshaun Watson are developing a little bit of chemistry, so – I don't mind taking that shot. Um, Brandon cooks. I actually do not mind taking the shot on Brandon cooks. He had the infamous run where he never finished outside of a wide receiver two or 15 or whatever the number was for X amount of years. Um, Last (laughs) year, obviously fell, but he's also not on the Houston Texans anymore. I think he's going to have a good role in Dallas, um, especially here where he's a flex piece for you at this point. I take that all day. Um, And then after that, I would consider Quentin Johnston, um, Not necessarily super bullish. Again, it's just another guy who's just in a heavy wide receiver room. At this point, I mean, there's almost no way he doesn't outperform his ADP at basically a wide receiver four. Like, he's probably going to catch some touchdowns, or if he's even slightly involved, slightly fantasy relevant, he's going to finish higher than this. Uh, But the fantasy wide receiver that I love the most, that I've actually loved the most since draft night is Zay Flowers. Um, For me, I just think he has the most opportunity Basically, right from day one, you have OBJ. Yeah. Funny story, actually. Mike uh, in our league actually just sent me OBJ for Austin Eckler. So, if you saw me on my phone, (laughs) it's because I got a draft or a trade. And I was like, oh, let's see what this is. But – uh, for me, really yeah, for me, stuff I'm there. completely. I don't know Del Beckham Jr. There's no <laughs> shot I'm taking him on any team. And then when it comes to yeah, uh, no Rashad Bateman, I actually like Rashad Bateman. I think he's going slightly after Zay Flowers. So if I miss out on Flowers, I will take the shot on Bateman as well. Uh, but my favorite rookie yeah. is Zay Flowers. I think he may have a Chris Olave effect where it's the first couple weeks of the year and he's immediately making an impact for fantasy.
0: We talked about uh, this tier in our running back preview a bit because we were comparing the round eight, nine running backs to these round eight, nine wide receivers. And I made the point that I like the fact that, uh, you know, I'm going to be leaning towards these guys because a lot of them have a bit more upside than those running backs in that range. Uh, You know, they don't necessarily need an injury to emerge. I think a lot of these guys, like, even though Quinton Johnston's in a crowded wide receiver room, like you said, you know, guys that you know are going to emerge have a way of just kind of making opportunities for themselves we saw that with Garrett Wilson last year I think you know we had Corey Davis we had Elijah Moore it was a bad passing offense but Wilson's talent won out and he ended up being the one in that room because he was just better than everybody else there so I'm not saying Johnson is that talent but he is a first round pick for a reason and he's on a really good passing offense so there's there's opportunity there and then I love Flowers as well not gonna belabor that point I think you kind of pointed everything out that I would want to say I mean they're Switching to more of a you know heavy passing attack this year, he's a first round pick. Profiles well with Lamar Jackson's skill set. I think uh, I would lean towards those guys over guys like Cortland Sutton and Brandon Cooks, unless you had just gone crazy heavy with the volatility early in your draft. Those those guys Sutton and Cooks are probably not going to win your leagues, whereas the guys like Johnson and Flowers, even Sky Moore, have a lot more chance to you know break out as top fifteen wide receivers. We kind of know what. Cooks and Sutton are at this point in their career. If you need a really solid wide receiver three, that's going to give you some, you know, decent production every week. Uh, those are guys you can lean into, but otherwise I am hoping to take my shot on one of these rookies and hopefully hit, uh, you know, hit a home run in round eight or nine.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you have any other, uh, wide receiver from this tier you want to hit on? Cause I'm going to make a point about sky more, but I'll probably roll it into the next tier If you don't have anything else you'd like to say.
0: I don't think so. Other than uh, Burks would have been on that for list sure. as well. Disappointing yeah. that that knee injury happened. Uh, we just have to figure out what's uh, what's going on there. If he's somehow healthy for week one uh, and good to go, I'd throw him in the tier with Flowers and Johnson. But that, that knee injury probably scares me off. Yeah, of him
1: absolutely. Um, I, that's That's actually a great point. And honestly, a really good point about Brandon Cooks and Corlin Sutton because I've, I've taken Brandon Cooks in a couple of mocks, and I may actually go back and look at some of those because I think you're right. You want to you want to be shooting for league winners here, not just a guy that – honestly, Brandon Cooks end up becoming yeah. a roster claw at some point because you know you're not going to win your league with him in your flex. But, you know, is your round 14 guy or the guy yeah. you picked up off the waiver a better option? Probably not. So it's kind of one of those, like, you get yourself stuck in fantasy which I think is a really good point. Um, sure. My point on Sky Moore, um, I went to the Royals-Cardinals game out here in Kansas City. I was talking to a few guys that went to uh, some Chiefs practices, and they had mentioned to me that Sky Moore has basically developed into somewhat of a gadget guy on the Chiefs offense, and whereas they saw Rasheed Rice just involved in the more. You know, play-to-play offensive system for Andy Reid. Now, I've been under the impression that maybe Sky Moore, you know, just the offensive system in general, is a lot to take in. Maybe it takes a year for rookies to get used to it. These guys seem to be pretty convinced on the yeah. other side of that that Sky Moore may just be a gadget guy, maybe wasn't the best pick where he was taken, and Rasheed Rice is the wide receiver you may want for Kansas City. Um, I still don't know how I feel personally about that. I'll wait for, I mean, the preseason games are kind of iffy for the Chiefs because you know Mahomes is probably going to be there for a drive, but it doesn't really matter that much. Right. So
0: Hard to read. Um,
1: it's a little interesting for me. Obviously, we have Rasheed Rice, the 61st uh, wide receiver, going at 149 in the draft. So, like I said, basically three at the point where you're drafting them. Um, but just it made me think a little bit on Sky Moore. I'm going to have to do some more research on that and maybe see if I can find some more beat reporters maybe echoing that sentiment or maybe going the other way. But they seem pretty convinced that Rasheed Rice is looking like the potential breakout wide receiver for the Chiefs this year.
0: Look at that boots on the ground work by reporter Cody there going to the source to get his information. Uh that's I'm, hey, I'm all for it. I've I've kind of been skeptical about Sky Moore as a player to this point anyway because of uh you know, it's really you just don't really see guys that have that little of production in year 1 that you break out to, you know, any sort of degree that would create, you know, wide receiver 20 or better value necessarily. So uh, I like, you know, that, that kind of reaffirms the thoughts I had on him anyway. So I, uh, I appreciate the insight from uh, from Cody there in Kansas City, boots on the ground at the uh, the Royal Stadium, hitting up the Kansas City Chiefs Scouts. But, uh, yeah, that's good stuff right there. I like that a lot. Uh, I don't know if we – I'm not going to go nope. <laughs> through all these names. There's 15 guys in round 10 plus. Uh, you know, again, this will probably be in the episode description. So if you really want to see all the guys that we're talking about, Ah, uh, you can go ahead and look through them, but I'm not going to name everybody here. Cody, just give me uh, two or three of these guys. Uh, you know, if there's more that you're convicted about, go ahead and uh, you know expand that. But give me two or three of these guys at least that you uh, you know you like targeting in rounds ten plus. Yeah, uh, I know champion. there's one guy here at number
1: 54. I'm not gonna
0: I'm not gonna talk about because I've I've stolen a
1: couple of your guys throughout. So thank you. I, I do agree with him though. I think he's <laughs> going to be a good a good pick. Appreciate um, you. And then when otherwise, I mean, I'm I'm going to be considering Rasheed Rice now just based off of that information. And then when I look down the rest of this list, I mean, Jamison Williams is interesting. You just have to be able to hold him for six weeks, which really puts you in a roster bind, especially if you have to deal with yeah. you know other.
0: No IR yeah. is it's, tough. It makes really it difficult.
1: Tough. You basically lose an entire bench spot for six yeah. weeks, and then when he comes back, do you feel comfortable just immediately mm-hmm. throwing him in there? No. So you're probably wasting a bench spot for seven no. to eight weeks before you finally feel good enough with Jamison Williams. Good point. Um, Juju, yeah, no thank you. That's that's a floor play. Romeo Dobbs I don't hate, um, but I still think pretty much a floor play just based on the Green Bay offense. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to quit saying mm-hmm. all these out loud. You said just two to three. <laughs> uh, Rashad Bateman <laughs> would be the one. I, I know I've already mentioned him uh, with the other tier, but he would definitely be – I think I'd go Rashid Rice – and Rashad Bateman, and then the guy you're going to say as my three main targets. I think the rest of these guys in this tier are pretty much just floor plays that you know are kind of just end of the roster guys. If an injury happens, they can be more relevant, but as you're drafting them, they're just depth pieces.
0: Sure. Uh yeah, Rashad Bateman, I like that call quite a bit. I think when he's on the field, he's been a really good player. Obviously had trouble staying healthy, but if uh Baltimore stays true to their word and really opens up the passing game, I think there might be room for two or even three fantasy relevant pass catchers there. Uh you know, with Mark Andrews obviously being one and then uh, either Flowers or Bateman being the the other two there. Uh then Beckham were kind of off, I think we both agree there. Uh, but yeah, Nico Collins is the guy that we want to mention here. He's at 54, 123 overall, very late round pick. Uh, somebody that I think has a chance to be a number one on his team. Again, we want to take shots on unknown situations because those unknown situations create uh, potential value. I think if Collins ends up being the number one guy for Stroud and he comes out and plays a little better than maybe we're expecting as a rookie, uh, this could be a guy that you know, could push for seven or eight targets a game and be a really valuable piece for you, and it does not cost you much in the draft. I think uh, based on previous, uh, you know, previous production, he is the guy I would expect to be the number one here in Houston. Not set in stone, but there's a reason he's at wide receiver 54, Cody. So not a bad shot to take late in your draft. And then the other guy I want to mention is DJ Shark. He is even later. He's at wide receiver 64. He's on the uh, Carolina Panthers these days, catching passes from Bryce Young. Basically, I'm going to echo every single point I just made about Nico Collins, but move it over to DJ Chark, and he's also a couple rounds later. So same situation, a lot of ambiguity in that uh, Carolina Panthers wide receiver room, You know, a lot of opinions on who's going to be the number one, but you might as well take your shot on one of them late in your draft, and you have a chance to have a guy that will lead his team in targets as opposed to... Some of these other guys, he's going around like KJ Osborne, uh, Rondale Moore, Tyler Boyd. These guys, they're not going to lead their team in targets, other than you know, barring massive injuries ahead of them. So DJ Chark has a chance to be that guy uh, with no injuries at all. We like uh, we like guys in those situations.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a guy I do want to bring up, um, John Mechie, also in Houston. I, I want to see him in the last couple of preseason games. I would again. not mind spending my last round pick on him. Just. I, a big school guy yeah. went to Alabama. Same uh, reasons. Nico Collins went to Michigan, both mm-hmm. big school guys. He was yep, a second, round, second pick. round pick, so That's, has, that's has capital. capital. Yeah. obviously he's, missed he's last season with um I just lost the name.
0: I think it was non-Hodgkin's yes. lymphoma. It was uh it exactly. was some form of cancer, but he is all he is all he's all good. Food, good I, go. Did
1: he play in the first preseason game for him? I can't remember. I I don't okay.
0: know. Okay. I don't think so. But I don't
1: think he, he is—he's definitely someone who's on my radar. I've been picking him up in a lot of best ball leagues. Um, not necessarily, you know, calling for yeah. the breakout or anything. But when I'm looking at this late of a wide receiver, I would rather take the shot on a John Mechie, as, a, a potential breakout, as opposed to Juju Smith-Schuster or Jacoby Myers, Alan Lazard. Um, darnell Mooney actually all the way being all the way down here yeah. is a little bit interesting. I kind of missed him. I was gonna um, mention him actually he, he is no. definitely a little bit interesting <laughs> just if that offense can get unlocked a little he bit and, and Justin Fields looks a little bit better as a passer not everything's gonna go to DJ Moore. so if they're throwing the ball more in general Mooney's gonna get involved right. so uh, he's actually I completely overlooked his name. he's interesting. Um, but any other names you want to call out anything not on the list or on the list you want to you want to mention?
0: Uh so Darnell Mooney was the guy I was going to bring up there. Uh so I'm glad you did. Uh I am going to take a quick look at the ADP here and make sure there's no one that I'm missing. Uh but yeah, like you said, Darnell Mooney's had some impressive target numbers his first couple years in the league, and if that uh passing offense becomes you know, if that pie becomes bigger in the passing offense in Chicago, he could be interesting as probably the clear number two target getter in uh Chicago, but I don't think there's anybody else that I really want to mention. I think you can just kind of piggyback off what we said about the Houston and, uh, you know, Houston and Carolina situations. Any of those guys you like, whether it's Jonathan Mingo in Carolina or uh, Tank Dell in Houston, Take a shot on some of these guys that could be legitimately the number one target earners for their teams, as opposed to the the Tyler Boyd's of the world. That you know they're going to probably be more productive on a week to week basis, but they're not going to win you your league or even be week to week. Absolutely.
1: Starters. Well, sweet Nick, I think we're about two and a half hours in. So a shout out to the boys for knocking out these podcasts for yeah. the people. Again, if you listen to this one, you haven't checked out the running backs. That one was posted yesterday. We also got quarterbacks. We got tight ends out there. We got mock drafts going up on the YouTube. YouTube just about every single day, so make sure to check those out. Short form content as well, TikTok, Instagram Reels. Uh, we're gonna be pumping it out. We're we're getting. I'm gonna try and get this thing rolling as much as possible before football season gets here. Get the uh, get the clan growing a little bit and uh, see what we can do with this bad boy. So let us know what you guys think in the comments. Is there anyone that we were down on that you're high on? Anyone that we're high on that you think is gonna have a bad year? Let us know what you guys think as well.
0: Disagree with absolutely. us, guys. We Hit love us it. up on social. Yeah. Let us
1: know we, we had a bad take or we sounded dumb while we were explaining something. Honestly, we don't – good feedback like that would honestly be wonderful because we do not get enough of it, I would say. so.
0: Any engagement absolutely. is fine. Absolutely.
1: But cool. <laughs> Nick, I will talk to you later, brother. I am heading out.
0: Go into bed. Peace out.